You're listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast, where we unpack the meaning of books, passages, and themes from Scripture. Join us each week as our guests walk us through the truth of God's Word and teach us the Bible. This is Teach Me the Bible podcast. Welcome back to another edition of Teach Me the Bible. I have the honor of filling in for Tim these next couple of weeks, so hang in there with us. But the content's still going to be the same, just the voice is going to be a little bit different. So David, how you doing today? Good, good. Yeah, yeah. so we're chugging along in Romans, so easy stuff, right? Just <laughs> breeze <laughs> right. right through it. Right. That's, That's why right. we're taking so long to get through it. So if you're following along with us, hang in there again and just focus you can do this. It's good stuff. That's why we're breaking it up and breaking it down a little bit. So, David, thanks again for doing this. I believe uh, picking up in Romans 9 a little bit towards the end. So yeah. we're just going to jump right in, not waste any time, and let's get right back to the story. Yeah, yeah. So you'll remember, you know, Paul is arguing uh, his case for his gospel against these Jewish unbelievers, and he's trying to convince them to come to faith. He's explaining why there are, uh, you know, he's explained why Israel, what you, what, what's going on with Israel. In chapter uh, chapter one, he explains the fall that everybody's exchanged themselves, uh, exchanged the image of God for the image of corruptible man, and you Jews did it too, so you were that excuse. And so chapter three, well then, what's the point of being a Jew? And he says, well, uh, look, you know, uh, there's a... Um, if some didn't believe, their unbelief will not nullify the faithful of God. So in other words, he's already introduced not all Israel is Israel because not all Israel believed. And yeah. throughout the Old Testament, you have this believing remnant, right? Uh, you see it, gosh, all, even from the beginning um, where you have the 12 spies are sent out and two come back and, and to, you know, you have this believing remnant all the way through there who are faithful. And, and, and so this is foretold in the Old Testament, and this is what Paul's explaining. In the one lump that is Israel, there are two parts, right? And so this mm-hmm. is what he's uh, began to introduce in chapter uh, 3, but now he's really fleshing out in chapter 9. And, and, so, uh, and, and so he's explained, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. There's these two groups, and the, the potter has right over the clay to do with one uh, you know, form mold as he wants and, uh, you know, one for honorable use, one for dishonorable use. And, and so that's where we left off last week. And he said, he did this, he did this in order uh, that he may make known his riches upon the glories of the vessels of mercy who he prepared beforehand, even among not only the, the Jews, but also the Gentiles. Now this is why yeah, Paul's everybody. explaining why he's taking the gospel to the Gentiles. Hmm. But he continues, he says, look, this isn't anything new. This is what Hosea the prophet told us. He says in Hosea, I will call those who are not my people, my people, and her who is not beloved, beloved. Um, who are the people in Hosea that he called not my people? Um, remember the story of Hosea, the Lord tells Hosea the prophet, go and uh, marry a harlot. Uh, because Israel has played the harlot and have children with her. And, and so they go and, and he marries her and has children. And the first uh, child is uh, Jezreel, God sows. And then Lo Ami, not my people, yeah. uh, because they are not my people. I'm not their God. Uh, and then the third is no compassion, for I will have no compassion upon those people. Lo Rahamah is a daughter. Lo Rahamah. If you're looking for a good girl's name, <laughs> right? Uh, right? Well, I said, imagine that story today. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think I would no, that guy. or yeah. Rachama, you know, yeah. compassion or mercy. Uh, we laugh. That, that's actually not maybe bad. Uh, uh, Hannah is Grace. Hannah. We name a lot of girls mm. uh, Grace or Mercy. You know, yeah. so have no compassion. Uh, Rachama. I don't know. Maybe. 
you can see that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Somebody but, listening. But yeah, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a boy's name. Let's see. What would be the best boy's name I'd come up with in the Bible? Uh, how about Mahar Shalal Hashbaz? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, add that to my list. Yeah, yeah. Bible jokes. Yeah, people yeah. are like, what are you doing? Now that, Mahar Shalal Hashbaz, that's uh, swift is the booty, speedy is the prey out of Isaiah <laughs> chapter 8. Yeah. So if you're looking for a name, yeah, maybe that's a you know, little application from the text. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's the story of Hosea, right? Uh, and he says, I will call those who are not my people my people. Uh, because later in Hosea, the, the Lord then says, now uh, you go back and you go to Israel and, and you go to this harlot, this runoff, and you woo her back and you call Call those who are not my people, lo ami, not mm. ami, my people. You call them ami, my people. And yeah. those whom I have not shown compassion upon, I will have compassion upon. Comfort, comfort my people, Israel, says the Lord. But uh, along that time, in the midst of their rejection, there will still be a believing remnant. And this is the story. This is what uh, actually we were laughing about, the, the name there in Isaiah chapter, uh, chapter 8. That's one of Isaiah's sons. In chapter <laughs> 7, he has another son. His name is... Uh, uh, Shir Jashub is how they translate it. Uh, uh, Yashar Yashuv, uh, uh, sh- uh, the, the, the remnant will return, right? Mm. Uh, um, well, because there's going to be a believing remnant all the way through this story. And Paul is aligning himself with the believing remnant. Yeah. And so, uh, he's explaining this. I will call those who are not my people, my people, and her who is not beloved, beloved. And it will be then in the place where there was said of them, Lo Ami, not my people, they will be called sons of the living God. And Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, though the numbers of the sons of Israel will be as the sand of the sea, it is the remnant that will be saved. For the Lord will execute his word thoroughly. They translate this upon the earth. Um, but in the Old Testament context here, it's talking about the land, that the Lord will execute his word thoroughly and quickly in the land, in the land of Israel. He will judge them, haul them off into captivity, and only the remnant will return. And just as Isaiah foretold, except for the Lord of Sabbath, in other words, if if the Lord of Sabbath had not left us a, pos, a, pros, a posterity, a future, a hope, uh, we would become like Sodom and Gomorrah. We would have become like Sodom. We would have resembled Gomorrah. What shall we say then? The Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness attained the righteousness, even the righteousness which is by faith. But Israel, uh, pursuing a law of righteousness, did not, did not arrive at the law. Why? Because they did not pursue it through faith, but as through works. Mm. They stumbled over the stumbling stone, as it is written. Now he's going to quote, this is Psalm 118 in Isaiah chapter 8. Behold, I lay in Zion a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, and he who believes upon him will not be disappointed. And so uh, they thought that they were righteous because they were Jews. They thought they were righteous because the law separated them. They didn't realize they were righteous, not by any of those things, but by faith, mm-hmm. right? And that's what Paul's been arguing since chapter, well, really since the inception of the book, right? The beginning of the book. Uh, Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God is for them and for their salvation. Unbelieving Israel. This is why his whole ministry, Paul's whole ministry, he views his ministry to the Gentiles is for the sake of the Jews, for the sake of the unbelieving Jews, to move them yeah. to jealousy, to move them to mm-hmm. anger. And he's actually going to explain this in chapter 10. For I bear witness to them that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, well, we talked about that this morning in men's Bible study. Uh, that's not just a Jew problem or an Israel problem. That's a human problem. We, we, we make ourselves right in our own eyes. We justify ourselves in our actions, and it's just evil. It's not, it's just evil. And what the Gentiles do without the law, the Jews were doing with the law. That's what he's arguing in chapter 
chapter 2. They were seeking to establish a righteousness of their own. And in so doing, they did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. They didn't realize God's righteous and you're not, right? Um, Boy, that's our problem. I'm righteous and and God's (laughs) not. You know, I would never worship a God who would do that. Well, what you're saying is I'm righteous. You're not God. Mm -hmm. I, I don't care what you think. Yeah, I, I can do better. Yeah. God. Yeah. I want to create a God in my image, in my likeness, mm-hmm. and I'm going to worship it. How's that not worshiping yourself? It is worshiping yourself. And that's exactly mm. what Satan enticed Adam and Eve to do at the fall. Make a God in yeah. your image. You can be God's. You can declare right yeah. and wrong. Questioning that God really said, oh, yeah. Yeah. From the beginning. Um, yeah. Of course, the problem is what you what happens is uh, you end up dead, right? <laughs> which is proof that you're not God. You know? yes. so, so so how do you know that you're not God? Uh, let's wait a while. And when, <laughs> Give it when, time. Yeah. When you stink to high heaven, that will prove you're not God. Right? <laughs> God is is um, immortal, and you're mortal. That's the incorruptible, corruptible that you used earlier. Mm-hmm. We talked about that previously in the. In these podcasts. So anyway, so chapter 10, verse 4, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. This is Paul's whole life. This is what Paul has experienced. This is what Paul has explained in chapter 6 and 7, that that uh, that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. I, the law, I was using the law for righteousness, and it kept convicting me at every turn. I, I, could, I couldn't beat it. It was like every move I made was checkmate, checkmate, checkmate. I couldn't beat it. Uh, and so I have given up on uh, trying to establish... Myself as righteous through law keeping, and I put it on Christ. I have died to the law yeah. with Christ, uh, and uh, been raised to resurrection. Uh, for the, the for the Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Now, obviously, he's talking to the Gentile or to the Jews because the Gentiles would have never tried to make themselves righteous mm. through the law of Israel. Yeah, they're not worried about it. <laughs> they don't know it. Don't care <laughs> it. Even today, most believers have never read. Leviticus, Deuteronomy, they tried, but they're like, ah, who cares? This is horrible. It doesn't matter. This is yeah. torture. I'm not reading yeah. this, right? Uh, they, they don't know the mm-hmm. law, right? But Paul is writing to those who know the law and view themselves as justified because of the law. He says, no, no, the law doesn't justify you. For Moses writes that the man who does the righteousness which is based on the law shall live by it. But the righteousness based on faith says thus, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is very near you. It is in your mouth and it is in your heart. See, the word became flesh. That which was foretold in the Old Testament walked onto the scene. And so God's righteous standard is not unrevealed. It was revealed in the law. It was personified in Christ, right? If it was unrevealed, you'd have to go up in heaven to get it. Or if it was if it was revealed to another nation, you'd have to go across the sea to get it. But Paul says, no, no, no. He's actually quoting here out of Deuteronomy chapter 30. Um, the law is very near you. Uh, the word which Moses is commanding you is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. It's not unrevealed up in heaven who go up and get it or across the sea. Um, but it says it's near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That which fills the heart comes out of the mouth. Jesus is going to do this in Sermon on the Mount. Uh, that's not wonderful, right? If that which comes out of the mouth yeah. fills the heart. Well, that, that's a reflection of what's in your heart. Well, yeah, that wickedness is still in there. Yeah. Uh, I also often say you are what you eat. And we see that with food. You know, we sure. were talking before this. When we feel bad, it's because of what we ate. Yeah. <laughs> so what All you consume is what you put out kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And, so. and uh, you know, sometimes you can hold that tongue back. See, the problem isn't your tongue, right? This is James, mm-hmm. right? Uh, who can control the tongue? Well, the reason you can't control the tongue is because you can't control your heart. Okay, yeah. right? your, your heart is wicked. It's, yep. it's, it's unbelievably wicked, right? 
Uh, and and so now you have this faith and this this heart that's being changed and will be changed ultimately, but you're still struggling with that same old stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. But what is uh, so he, he says uh, that is the word of faith which we are preaching. That is, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, call upon the name of Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. You say, well, you got to do both. So you got to believe and you got to confess. No, no, no. Uh, belief in the heart and confession, they go, they go hand in hand. That which fills yeah. the heart comes out of the mouth, right? You can't, if you ask you, why, why do you think you're righteous? Uh, Jesus. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> why do you believe you're righteous, Mr. Pharisee? Uh, I keep the law. Well, good luck. You're condemned by that. Mm-hmm. The very words that you're speaking condemn you. Absolutely. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, in the, in the mouth he confesses, Resulting in salvation. This is an example of Hebrew parallelism. You know, Paul is a Jew, Hebrew. Mm-hmm. He's just putting two things. He's saying, look, let me say the same thing twice. With the heart, man believes. With the mouth, he confesses. Heart, believe, mouth, confession, hand in hand. Resulting in righteousness, resulting in salvation, right? So it's not either or, or this, and it's, it's both, they go together. Yeah. You can't. You won't have one without the other, right? Yeah, it's like didn't get the first time. Let me tell you again. Uh, some people say you have to believe and walk the aisle. I'm going holy smokes. That's not what he's talking about, right? <laughs> well, you're uh, telling me there's a different way. <laughs> yeah, you have to. Your confession is your public confession when you walk the aisle. I'm going no. They didn't have any public confessions where you walk the aisle until yeah, all the, the all the Baptists you know, are cringing. You know, right 17th now. century, 18th century. You know, uh, probably uh, you know who knows you know, American theology walk the aisle. Uh, but anyway. Um, For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For there is no distinction between the Jew and the Greek. For uh, the same is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call upon his name. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God and salvation for all who believe, the Jew first and then the Greek. He's still explaining this. All the way through this book, he's explaining his thesis statement that... uh, that he's not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. The Jew first, and then the Greek. He's explaining why the Jews first, the remnant, and then the Greeks, and why the Greeks, why are the Gentiles being brought in, right? For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. How then do they call upon him who they have not believed? And how will they believe in him who they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? Just uh, and how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, now he's going to quote Isaiah chapter fifty-two. Beautiful are the feet of those who bring the glad tidings of the gospel, good news. Yeah. However, they did not all heed the glad tidings. In other words, he's saying uh, the Christ has come. The disciples who were to carry, uh, you know, uh, Jesus anoints the feet of the disciples. Um, Beautiful are the feet, uh, anointed are the feet of those who bring good news. Jesus washes the feet. These are the ones who are bringing the good news. And they didn't respond to it, right? They did not all heed the glad tidings. For Isaiah said, who has believed our report? Again, this is a John 12, uh, which John uh, assigns back to the disciples. It is the disciples' report. It is the tongues of the disciples. Uh, it's the disciples' report that that is being taken out. And who's believed it? So faith comes from hearing. Faith comes from hearing the words of the Lord, the words of the disciples, of which Paul is one. Yeah. Right? He's a preacher. How will they hear unless they believe? And how will they believe unless someone's, you know, so we got to preach. And so here <laughs> I am. Together and so, yeah. What are we talking about here? Right. <laughs> but I say, surely indeed they've never heard, have they? Indeed they have. Right. 
Paul continues to ask these questions. Oh, I know what you're going to ask. Oh, well, they never. Yes, they did. <laughs> their voices going out in all the word, a world or all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. But I say, surely Israel did not know, did they? At first, Moses said. He says, yes, they did. Look, all the way back at the beginning, Deuteron- the Song of Moses, Deuteronomy chapter 32, he said, I will make you, Israel, jealous by that which is not a nation. Church isn't a nation. It's a, it's a people, but it's not a nation. Uh, a nation without understanding, a foolish nation. Uh, uh, it's not even a nation. It's like this foolish thing. Uh, through this foolish thing, I will anger you, right? Uh, back in chapter 32, Israel rejects the Lord, goes after the gods of the nations, and so the Lord takes the peoples of the nations and brings them to himself to make Israel jealous, to move them to anger. Paul's saying, uh, hello, yeah. this is what we're doing. Right. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> You've been here that? before. Yeah. <laughs> and so Isaiah says, he explains it, I was found by those who did not seek me, and I was revealed to those who did not ask for me. He's saying, oh, wait a second. Seek ye first. Israel was always told throughout the Old Testament to seek the Lord, seek the Lord, seek the Lord, seek and you will find and ask and we get knocking. Not the Gentiles. Gentiles were never told to seek, nor did they ever. None of the, the sons of, uh, of men, none of the Gentiles were seeking yeah. the Lord, but Israel was told to. And he says, now wait a second, Paul. Are you saying that those who did not seek the Lord found him, but those who were told to seek the Lord didn't? That's what I'm saying. Paul says, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. You got A-plus. it. plus. Um, uh, and so he's like, I have found by those who didn't seek me, I will reveal myself uh, to those who did not ask for me. But of Israel, he says, this is Isaiah 65, 1 and 2, all the day long I've stretched out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. I say that. God has not rejected his people, has he? May it never be. No, Paul's saying God hasn't rejected Israel. He still has the remnant. The remnant through Israel's rejection is still taking the gospel to the Gentiles. Through taking the gospel of Gentiles, is moving them to anger. And so he's going to bring them back in. This is, this is the plan. This was the plan from the beginning. So he's not rejected his people. Has he made it never be? For I too am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Now, remember, we talked about this back in chapter 8. Those whom he pre, you know, foreknew, predestined, conformed. Mm-hmm. Those who he foreknew was Israel. Mm-hmm. He has not forsaken Israel. He's not left them in the cold. He will keep his promises to them. He's just explaining how he's yeah. going to keep his promises to them. Or do you not know what the scripture says about the passage of Elijah? Uh, he pleads with God, Lord, they've killed all the prophets. They've tore down the altars. All the I'm left. And the Lord responds. He says, I have kept for myself 7,000 men who've not bowed the knee to Baal. I have kept a remnant. So you're not the only ones to quit whining, Elijah. <laughs> you're not alone. So yeah, we're, we're in chapter 11 now, right? about at verse 5, just right. for people following along. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it's good to remind everyone and ourselves, like you said, God's promise. How many times has he proven, I haven't forgotten you? Faithful, faithful, faithful. Yeah, faithful regardless faithful. of what his people have yep. done. Yep. And so he says, look, and, and so look, in the Old Testament, there was always a remnant. There's still a remnant today. Yeah. God is not forgotten his plan, lost his plan, he's playing out his plan. Uh, now you, as a Jew, need to get on this plan. In other words, you can leave Team Satan and you can join, you know, uh, Team Remnant, right? Team Jesus. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, and in taking the gospel to the Gentiles, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if not, then you're still under God's wrath, right? And so let's, let's find a good stopping point here. But he says right here, um, in the same way, uh, I mean, 11 to 5, 
there has come to be at this present time a remnant according to God's gracious choice. Mm. He's saying, look, I'm a I'm part of the remnant. You're not. I'm saved. You're not. <laughs> I have peace with God. You're still under God's wrath. There's no condemnation for me in the law. There's still condemnation for you in the law. So quit trying to use the law for righteousness. Get over here. Yeah, right? nanny, nanny, boo-boo. Right? That's right. <laughs> but if by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. What then? Mm. That which Israel is seeking for, it is uh, not obtained as those who were chosen obtained it, but the rest were hardened. Israel, uh, you know, Jacob, I loved Esau, a hardened Pharaoh, you know, Moses, he said to Moses back in chapter nine, I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy. I will harden whom I will harden. He's hardening Israel, right? And so, so yeah. uh, he has explaining all the way up through chapter uh, 11, verse 10, that Israel has been hardened. Uh, God has kept a remnant, and that remnant is taking the gospel to the Gentiles. And so here we are. Here we are today. Gentiles who don't know the Old Testament. We don't know the Bible. <laughs> we didn't seek the Lord, but we believed. And and uh, it's through Paul's ministry, through the disciples' ministry, of taking the gospel to the Gentiles. Yeah, and so I, I'm sitting here listening and, and kind of following along with you on my phone in Scripture, and I'm like thinking through Paul's background, all these things he's quoting and saying, I'm like, wait a second. Okay, so his background, his story, people familiar with it, it's got him to this point of being able to say these things. Sure, absolutely. He's able to speak these things, speak into these things, quote this the scripture absolutely. because of his background. Oh, yeah. He knows the you Old know? Testament stone cold. I mean yeah. stone cold. I've, I've met so many times accused Paul being wrong, and I go back and read the Old Testament. I go, I think Paul's right. Yeah. <laughs> I think Klingler's the idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but And I think about for us, you know, we're reading this and, and thinking through, okay, well, us this, us that, we could do this that, the other righteousness, all that, whatever. It's like, wait a second. Um, Paul had this background, but because, again, because of that, it got him to this point. So for each of us, like, there's no discounting, you know, mm -mm. the remnant, the mm -mm. grace, the Lord's mm -mm. faithfulness. These right. themes are sure. consistent. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Throughout the scriptures. And, and he's going to explain now, uh, next time, we're going to talk about how, how he's going to now turn his focus in chapter, uh, uh, 11 verse, uh, verse, you know, 12 and 13. He's going to turn his focus back to the Gentiles. He's going to say, okay, I've been talking to the Jews for a while. Now I need to talk to you. Right. So this will be good. So we'll, we'll pick that up next time. Yeah. Well, we appreciate your time. Thanks everybody for listening along. Uh, as David mentioned, we're going to pick this up next week. Jump right back into the middle of chapter 11, continue with the Romans. So have your Bible ready. Put your thinking cap on. David, we appreciate you as always. Absolutely. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast. For more information, download our app. If you have any questions or desire to continue our discussion from today's topic, send an email to teachmethebible at championfellowship.org. Remember, your belief drives your behavior. See you next time. Yeah.